G'day, welcome back to the MSF Farm Talk podcast. MSF is involved in the GRDC Sandy Soils Project that consists of a research site in its final years and numerous SANS impact demo sites and validation trials across the Mallee. Michael Moody and the Frontier Farming Systems team have uh, been doing a lot of work establishing the sites and implementing the treatments on trying to improve production on Mallee SANS over the last four to five years. This is, of course, a Target 50 podcast episode, so it's all about ground cover and maintaining 50% ground cover in the system. But this can be hard to do on some soil types, particularly sandy soils that are generally low in fertility and don't hold much soil moisture, and they generally struggle to establish and grow productive crops. So to give us a rundown on how to improve sandy soil so that we can improve our ground cover, we're joined again by Michael Moody from Frontier Farming Systems. Welcome back, Michael Moody from Frontier Farming Systems. We're talking about uh, improving sandy soils to improve ground cover. So, Michael, you've been working on sandy soil improvements for many years now. Have you had any breakthroughs? The, I guess the, the greatest impact we've seen on sandy soils is probably a little bit undiagnosed at first was you know, the impact of removing physical restrictions um, to crop growth. Um, on these deep sands has really had a had a big impact and things like deep ripping and to a lesser extent extent things like spading have have really proven um, not just in the research but within farmer practice as a a very reliable way of increasing um, productivity um, of the crops growing on these sandy soils and I guess um, when we're increasing productivity we're not just increasing grain yield um, but we're also seeing um, significant increases in um, biomass production or dry matter production of the crop. Um, so basically, yeah, not only are we getting big, bigger yields, we're also getting bigger stubbles um, out of these crops as well. And hopefully that's going to, um, you know, bode well into the future, not just from the point of view of maintaining ground cover and obviously our targets to increase or maintain you know, 50% ground cover all the time, which we know on these underperforming sandy soils, that's been a real um, challenge um, in the past. But also we're hoping that that's actually, you know, going to increase soil health and, and also change the whole dynamics of the soil into the future, um, basically bringing more carbon in. More carbon is more food for our microbes. So that, that part of it's um, not proven yet, but we're, that's our sort of theory that... Um, over time, um, this practice is, is not just going to uh, increase um, the crop yield, but yeah, the, the whole health of the, the soil type sort of um, been you know, a problem for farmers for many years. Yeah, that's for sure. So how do we get our sands to perform to maintain enough uh, ground cover and should we be managing these areas any differently? Yeah, so um, like I said, deep ripping um, being a... a proven winner basically for increasing crop yield and also um, biomass but along the way I guess initially uh, in this early phase it's also a risk as well so we know that if we get it right then we're going to have a better crop 
uh, we're going to have more biomass and that biomass will hopefully translate into more ground cover and soil protection for that soil along the way. Um, but what we're finding is there's a lot of challenges in initially establishing that crop back into that deep rip ground. So while we see potential benefits in the long term, in the short term, there's actually probably increased risk of, of soil erosion and low ground cover on on some of these soils where farmers are trying to to establish a crop. So that's a bit of a bit of a concern, um, but it's also something that we um, are working on from a research point of view um, at the moment. So I guess some of the things um, that we're we're sort of um, we're sort of tackling is uh, looking at whether um, re-rolling that surface and trying to sort of reconsolidate that surface after rolling is having having some benefits. Um, we're also looking at different uh, ripper setups. Um, so some rippers what may sort of leave the surface um, a bit more consolidated and a bit like more easier to traffic um, than than other rippers. So. They're two things that we're looking at in research this year. But we're also looking into the future of um, investigating different seeding system setups as well to um, try and you know, improve, um, improve how that crop establishes and reduce the risk of erosion happening during that initial establishment phase. Yeah, fantastic. So you've talked about a few different options for improving and managing sands. How do you know... Or how will farmers know what option is going to best fit them? I guess it's the issue of underperforming sands has been uh, like a, a pretty big problem that's been identified for a long time. So we know that these sands are out there. And like I said, ripping has been very consistent across a wide landscape of the Mallee. So we've seen um, responses occurring on white sands, yellow sands, red sands. So quite a wide range of soils. So there's probably a, a reasonable likelihood that um, responding, but there's plenty of things that farmers can get out and do to actually um, try and understand and diagnose their problems. So I'd be encouraging people to um, get hold of some sort of soil cone penetrometer device. These can be quite cheap and simple, as, as easy as a push rod, um, or you can get, you know, for a few thousand dollars, quite elaborate sensor-based instruments, which will give you really high accurate data to, to sort of quantify the, the um, extent of um, compaction issues or soil resistant issues. And so that's something that um, really farmers should be looking to do is to go out there and, and find out what areas have got hard and, and resistant soil um, underneath. The other thing I'd, I'd be checking though is whether there's other things that can be done um, to overcome the problem and one of the the key things is um, non-wetting sands so non-wetting sands obviously crop establishment is compromised um, in these sands and it takes a lot to wet the sands up and get the crop established so to me one of the first things i'll be doing if you had that situation um, I'd be also looking to try and do something about that non-wetting um, sandy soil as, as a priority as well. So um, whether that was things like spading, whether that was things like high work rate plough techniques or uh, one of the most proven techniques has also been changing seeding systems to, to sow um, on last year's row rather than going into row sowing. So in those situations, getting your establishment right and overcoming that non-wetting um, sand issue is a priority. So identifying those areas as a priority. The next step is to, to look and see, well, what other things can we diagnose in our soil? Um, more often than not, we're finding that um, hard layer um, deep down in the profile, and that's quite economically being addressed by deep ripping. 
But then there's other things we might want to look at as well. One of the things with deep ripping um, is it increases our yield potential. So then we actually need to be making sure we've got our nutrition strategies right to actually meet the requirements of um, the new yield potential that's given to you by the soil amelioration process. So we need to be understanding what level of nutrients in the soil prior to seeding so that we can make um, appropriate uh, nutrition decisions um, as the season goes on as well. And also getting out there and just diagnosing, you know, the, the, the more normal constraints that we associate with sands, making sure that trace elements aren't holding us back, making sure that our um, phosphorus and sulfur levels are, are, are up to scratch. So they're the, they're the key things that farmers really should be diving in and um, considering with whether they need to to um, do something about their sands or not. After four years of research, have you managed to find the answers to sandy soils improvement and what's the next phase of this project? So after, I guess, the first four years, we've got a high level of confidence in the benefits of those physical actions in improving the sandy soils. So like I said, deep ripping processes, reducing the soil resistance, getting big both yield and biomass benefits from those. Obviously, the the uh, the results from soil inversion and spading techniques on non-wetting soils are, are very encouraging as well. The next phase is trying to untangle some of those practical issues for the farmers about how do they go about implementing these processes without having a negative impact. So I've talked before about the challenges that farmers are facing trying to establish a crop into to newly ripped ground. Um, so trying to look at some of the solutions um, for those. And another feature of our work has also been the addition of inputs, be they um, organic inputs or high level of fertiliser inputs. Um, within some trials, we've seen great results to, to things like chicken litter addition, but it's been quite inconsistent across the trials that we've run. So one of the things that we've done, we're going to try and do in the future is try and understand more about why in some cases, you know, things like chicken litter are having a, a very big response, but then in other cases, um, their response is, is quite small or inconsistent. So that's, um, that's something that uh, we believe that we could um, focus on and potentially uh, with the potential to try and unlock some um, further benefits to further increase uh, the productivity gains that we're getting on these soils. So in summary, can you recap maybe a few of your top takeaways on how we can best build ground cover moving forward on sands? Yeah, so the, the key takeaways is is understand the problems you've got, whether if it's a non-wetting soil, then we need to address that first before we try and address anything else. We also need to um, understand that a lot of these mallee soils have high resistance um, in the root zone, and therefore, if that's the case, going through deep ripping um, these soils has been beneficial more often than not, so it's going to be a quite reliable practice. The benefits that we've seen after deep ripping have been quite significant um, returning upwards of one or two ton per hectare um, over the the life of the the ripping process it's not only producing more grain yield but it's also producing more biomass and obviously this biomass is going to be quite beneficial in increasing the, the the protection of these quite vulnerable soils as well so we believe that not only are we going to have short-term productivity benefits, these processes also have the potential to bring long-term soil health benefits by 
improving the system and making the, 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 these soils more sustainable into the future. Thank you for sharing with us your wealth of knowledge on improving production on sand to improve ground cover. It's a pleasure having you on the podcast. Great. Thank you. Don't forget to share this episode with a mate if you took some value away from it and be sure to subscribe, rate and review our podcast. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next episode.